Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 185. Um, before we start, a massive thank you to Adam Digby, who took 45 minutes of his time on Friday evening before the Napoli-Lazio game to come onto the podcast on Friday evening to talk about the the game that was played last night. Um, got some nice feedback online. Thank you very much to Adam for coming on. Um, but we'll be reviewing Roma's heroic 1-0 win with a bit of shithousery at the end with Mancini and Moise King. Uh, with me tonight, all the way from Canada, Joey Palmieri. Joey, how are you? If you calm down, it was a glorious evening in the end, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, definitely calmed down. Like I said, pre-pod, Scott, the last few minutes, it was so nerve-wracking. That's, that's just how Roma is. Uh, I felt like I was running a marathon. I was getting sick. Just It's just how I just how I take it when it comes to these, uh, these, these Roma games that are very close. But no, overall, uh, happy for the win. What about you, Scott? Uh, how are you feeling after the game? Um, it, to what that Seven to eight minutes of added time felt like 30. And there was a couple of instances where there was, what, three block shots. The moment where Rui Patricio went down with his hand injury. And Chiesa hit it over the bar. And I think there was another block right near the end. It was a bit how to skelter, but... Yeah, relieved because also there was some important results for Roma in... The, the previous couple of days in Serie A with Atalanta dropping points, with AC Milan dropping points. Um, Lazio got a, a marvellous 1-0 win away at Napoli in Naples and played Napoli off the park. Uh, but Inter picked up a result. Um, but yeah, sati- not satisfied, but it was needed. Um, it was It put the demons of last season's home game to bed. And I would say writ the wrongs of Tuesday nights, but I still think a, a lot of Roma fans are still annoyed and a bit peed off over Tuesday night, but it was good to bounce back with a win. Uh, it definitely was, yeah. We're all still trying to digest that loss against uh, Cremonese. Even uh, Mourinho said it. He said he couldn't, you know, he still couldn't get over it on the uh, post-match interview he did when, when the, the game was over. But, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Like I always said, it's a huge, huge month of March. And um, and the Demons at home, yeah, they've gone away too. We haven't conceded a goal in uh, 2023 at home. It's five consecutive clean sheets now. So uh, we found our way to win. This is going to be the way. And they just got to continue from here. I think it's six clean sheets out of seven in all competitions and two goals conceded in seven, which were the two against Cremonese in the Coppa Italia. And that is some record, by the way. So it was a shutout against Bologna, shutout against Fiorentina, Empoli, Hellas Verona, 
Red Bull Salzburg in the uh, Europa League and now Juventus last night. That is some start to 2023 at home in the Olympica, which was sold out again and looked wonderful and was very, very loud. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was some of the best atmosphere. But I mean, the fans have been supporting this team through and through for the past year. But that is some record. The only shock of all of it, Scott, was two goals against Cremonese, which I know it's an away <laughs> match. But I mean, yeah, it's just one of those bad games, and it's. Uh, but regard besides that, like they've been defensively, they've just been really tough to break down and. And it, you know, and it, statistically, it just shows it. We have the lowest expected goals to concede in all of Europe, which is a detriment to Mourinho and what he's done to his defense. Carol Linetti of Torino was the last player in Serie A to score against Roma at the Olimpico, and that was the game before the World Cup in November, in that weird, crazy one-all draw against Torino, which... Honestly, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's some record to start 2023, but it's really good to see. Um, should we talk about the game? Uh, 1-0 win. Gianluca Mancini. I uh, didn't expect him to unleash a thunderbolt from 20, 25 yards out. He was the architect for Roma's win and also probably... Ooh, in the... It probably not looked down on for Juventus fans as he was involved in the sending off. We will talk about the sending off at the end. Moise Keane was on for 30 seconds. Allegri with the Italian gestures in front of a Moise Keane as he was walking off. Tell me you're Italian without telling me you're Italian. Um, but um, Jose went 3-4-3-0 and played with a false number nine for 55-60 minutes. Um, first half wasn't great. Second half was a lot, lot better and they created chances. Juventus were, I would say, a bit unfortunate not to get something out of their game. They hit the post three times. Um, was it Quadrado with the free kick? Rabio and oh, who hit the third post? Um, Mancini was a, oh Mancini's was header, yes, yeah. yes, yes, and um, Philip Kostic gave Zaleski a bit of a horrid time. I thought Juventus were unlucky, but Roma defended better than I would expected. But overall, what were your thoughts on the one 0 win? It was tough. It was shithousery. It's uh, it's something I think Roma needed to get back. Uh, to their winning ways. But uh, the negative aspect, uh, Scott, will talk about, I didn't like the lineup. I thought it was bold. I agree. But I know uh, Mourinho probably thought of uh, something similar to, if you remember, Scott, when we beat Inter away, he ran without Belotti or Abraham or even Shamurudov at the time. So he had no central striker. But the difference is we had different characteristics up front. We had more of a, of a pacey forward to stretch the defense in Zaniol in that game. But in this game, we didn't. We were running with Pellegrini and Wijnaldum. And I'm sorry, Pellegrini and Wijnaldum are just not actual forwards. So I don't know what Mourinho expected um, for them to do. I know they wanted to maybe control the midfield. And they did a, a decent job, especially defensively. Just offensively, there was just there was no focal point. And it made Roma struggle to get any chances, especially the first half. 
And it, it took a Mancini wonder goal. For me, that game was going to take one of those type of goals to win it. And second half, you're right. They did play a little better. Um, Mourinho should have made the subs at halftime. I, I still think he should have made them even after the goal. If you notice, he didn't make them. Mm. I thought having an Abraham or even Balotti, but having a focal point, it will help, uh, especially after the goal, it would help you control um, sorry, it'll help the uh, the forward to stretch the defense more or get them on a counterattack because they're going to be pressing now for a goal. So the negative part is um, I, I didn't like the lineup personally. I don't think Roma, they probably will, but again, if you always play like this, it's going to be tough to win big games. So that's the negative aspect. But on the positive side, I mean, defensively, the team outstanding. I yeah, Juve got a little lucky, but Scott, how many times do Roma get unlucky with posts, uh, missed opportunities? Mm. It happens to us so much. So for once, some sort of luck went our way. Uh, Rui needed to have a big game, and he did. So Patricio did well. The team overall defensively, Pellegrini, he ran his ass off. You know, may not have been the greatest in the attack, but he ran his uh, his ass off. Same with, you know, Spinazzola, Matic was class in the middle. And then you get to the man of the match, Mancini. What a warrior. Uh, I mean, he didn't put a foot wrong. He was completely marking uh, He was completely marking the forwards as need be. Like he, he would not let them go. He stepped in so many times to win the ball high. It was crazy how many times he would step in to intercept the ball. Uh, credit to him. What a, what a goal. I never expected it. Not even he expected it. Obviously, uh, Man- uh, Smalling and Ibanez were... Were, were great as well. I don't think they put in a foot wrong either. Uh, just the only uh, just the only player that, that struggled was Zaleski, and we keep saying it, well, I keep saying it, on that right-hand side, I don't think he's as comfortable, and he's in a bit of a bad run of form. I think uh, Jose needs to kind of sit him on the bench for a little while. But overall, we won with the best way we could, which was strong team defense, and we got the goal we needed. Yeah, completely agree. Um, just the thought, the first half... I think Juventus were probably thinking, the Juventus back three was probably thinking, we don't have to defend a focal point. If, if you, I, I tweeted a picture, I want to say five minutes from the end of the first half, and it was the Juve back three, and it was like Dybala, Wijnaldum, Pellegrini, and they were like 45 yards from goal just inside the the um, Juventus half um, when Roma were attacking the curve of Nord. I think it was brave from Jose uh, and it worked f- uh, to some point. Um, and when they brought on Abraham and then Belotti right at the end, they had two focal points up top and then they could interchange with, with each other as they almost did a couple of times when Karsdorp broke when he came on and won the ball high and was unlucky not to give the ball to Belotti, but it just misplaced it. But uh, defended solidly. They did have a couple of lapses in moments of concentration, especially with Zaleski and Philip Kostic. Kostic has been outstanding for Juventus this season. I think he's their top assist maker with eight, and you can see why, especially with his left foot, and he just attack, attack, attack. He runs at, runs at players, and has been a, a great outlet for Juventus this season, and he gave Zaleski a horrible time. As, as you said, Joey, he did not look comfortable playing on the right, um, but I think that's probably down to Spinazzola playing so well on the left, you can't 
drop Spinazzola at the moment. I completely agree. Just give him a couple of games. I think he's played a lot of football this season. Remember, this is his first full season in, in I want to say men's football. Um, but yeah, in in first team football. But second half, a lot better. Sort of had their chances. Mancini scoring that one. Because if you saw with the celebration, he looked shocked at first and went absolutely mental. Um, completely agree. I thought him and Matic were the two best players for Roma on the pitch. Pellegrini, even though he was unwell, uh, put in a selfless performance. Um, they defended well at the end. And then when Abraham and Belotti came on, they ran their socks off and did, did the job up front. Uh, everyone played well. They did... A, Oh, Bas Zaleski, sorry. sorry, sorry to my Polish brethren, um, but Avery Patricio pulled off some really good saves. I think it was. Um, would you would you say it was back to basics, like a a, a back to basics one nil win? It was needed after an unfortunate result on Tuesday night. It doesn't. It probably does right the wrongs, but it puts Roma back into contention after this crazy, weird season we're having Serie A, where it looks like everyone can beat everyone. Oh, I totally agree. And uh, you made a good point, Scott. It, it really was a game needed to be back to basics. Uh, I mean, from what happened in Cremonese, uh, I think Jose just wanted to make sure we were uh, back to um, showing our, our strong qualities, which is obviously defending as a unit, and then go from there, and that's what they did. And we needed a big game out of Patricio. Whether we go back to basics or not, I'm glad this is the game he showed up, and this is what having a key goalie can do for you because I think he's been a, obviously been off this season. But if we continue forward like this, like we need to find some sort of offensive continuity, and that, that was my worry from the beginning part of the pod. Um, so going back to basics, it's great, but we still need to find some sort of offensive capabilities to be able to unlock certain teams. I still think that can come, definitely. But going uh, back to just basics, I think it was what needed, and it really helped Roma achieve the the 1-0 win. Yeah, there was... Um... There was a bit of relief at the end because stoppage time, would you say, was hectic. It was pinball machine at the end. I thought Roma did well at, at the start of added time and with a bit of game management. But I think you knew Juventus grew in a bit more with 10 men. Should we talk about the red card? Um, very strange. Clips going around on social media. I, I hate when people do this. They just specify one moment without watching the game and it drives me insane. And it, I think it's what Twitter, football Twitter and even Calcio Twitter is turning into where, uh, and I've seen a lot of people do it on Darwin Nunes as well when he, when he plays for Liverpool, but he got his, uh, his karma by scoring a couple yesterday in a, in a 7-0 win over Man United. But it, I hate these one clip things that people talk about on social media where Mancini was, we would just say a bit of grappling. He does it all the time, but he defended really well in the game. And then the, he did pretty much pull him back, but it was like six and one and half a dozen of the other. And then just Keane just lashed out. And then Allegri was just like, with his gestures, with his hand gestures, in his in his wonderful roll net, twice in a week, Max, I loved it. Love a love a manager in a roll net, especially in the spring. Looks lovely. Um, but 
that was just a strange 30, 40 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely it was. Uh, kind of surprised. Uh, I know Mancini kind of got under his skin. And, mm. uh, I mean, he does that to forwards. But, I mean, all center backs do that to forwards and vice versa. It happens. It's part of the game. You just have to be, you know, professional about it and just let it go. And uh, that was just strange. Keen, Keen couldn't do it. And, uh, Scott, you mentioned earlier, I just wanted to, to leading up to the red card, you mentioned about the seven minutes of chaos. Um I think I think Juventus made Roma suffer those all seven minutes. They were going to make them oh, God, sweat yeah. to 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 get that to get that victory, and that was the the part that you know kind of kind of I just didn't want to happen in the future. So leading up to the red card, it was absolutely stupid from Keane deserved. And you're right uh, from Twitter, like they only show parts of it. I mean, Mancini, they were just grappling together. It happens all the time, and then he lashed out. But then after the red card. Scott, I thought we would, you know, we would, we wouldn't suffer, but until the very last second, we did. So that that's my only worry. I just want to clarify, like, I don't feel we should suffer after a red card. Really, I think we should just try to take control of three, four minutes. But yeah, getting back to, getting back to Keen, I just think it was something stupid, and in the end, it helped Roma. So, uh, I mean, I, I nothing else to say to it really. It's just just a bonehead move and I I don't think Allegri is going to be too happy with him. No, uh, yeah, it was just, um, it was just strange. You brought him on, had a bit more of attack uh, with, to support Chiesa and Vlajevic who, Vlajevic, it looks a shadow of the player from last season. He just looks completely lacking confidence in this, in this Juve team under Allegri and it was just strange. I still don't think he's healthy, Scott. Yeah, to be honest, oh, he's, he's, I, I yeah, think he's, he's still suffering injuries. Yeah, it's just this season he just looks bereft and just lacking confidence. Um, if a couple of times he had chances yesterday, I think if it was Vlavic at the latter part of last season, I think it could have been a different storyline. But yeah, uh, on Moise Keane, it was just rash. Mancini does that to all footballers, uh, all players in Serie A. I think. I, I think he suffers with white line fever when he gets on the pitch. He's probably a lovely bloke behind the scenes. I think he's very competitive. Um, he's been on four yellow cards in Serie A since, I think, October and November time. He does cross the line. I think sometimes he doesn't know where the line is, but he he is what he is. His hero is Marco Materazzi, and it shows. But there was a, there was a tweet... Um, Yesterday, which I found quite funny, I saw Calcio AS Roma, aka Sebastian, uh, done something as well. I think it was an Italian Juve fan, or I thought it may have been Dutch, but I'm not too sure. It said that uh, Manchi, oh, actually, I'll find it quickly uh, and I will do a very, very, very poor translation. This is this is great audio as well. I wonder if you saw the same tweet. Yes, uh, I did see it. You can uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's something I, I think you should mention here for sure. Uh, I will do. I will get a very, very, very yeah. Mateus Pog, uh, Moise Keane from today. I officially start to love him. Left-handed, a horrible player. You can't watch. He played for ninety minutes in a very dirty way. That's very, very 
interesting, especially when Juve's defenders have been in the past of Chiellini, Bonucci, uh, Paolo Montero, etc., etc. Um, Seb, aka Calcio Reyes Roma. By the way, some people who are making Mancini out to be wrong one in the keen situation because he instigates and reacts late are also the same people who for the past 10 or 15 years have been praising Chiellini and Bonucci for being warriors on the football field. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's a drop the mic moment right there. But yeah, that was a very, very strange tweet from uh, from Mateus, especially when Chiellini, Bonucci, Chiellini used to defend with his elbows all the time and used to give it 24-7 during the games and just all this shit housey all the time. Basically, if you blew next to him in some games or breathed on him, he'll go down, but he'll stick his elbows in. And we all lauded it and we all defended him when he did it. But when Mangini does it, it's bloody World War Three, and it's a crime and he should go to jail. But that's my opinion. But yeah, a fair place to Seb for, for pointing that out. Um, do you have anything else to cover from yesterday? Yeah, Scott, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. It, it, does it worry you a little bit? Well, as great as Mancini's doing, uh, we got the um, we got the, the Sassuolo game coming up, right? And he's on four yellows. Does that worry yeah. you, you know, before the derby? A little bit, yes, because I think there's also reports coming out of Rome that um, I was going to call him Ciro Panobile, but Ciro Amobile, uh, who's... Not had the best of seasons this season. I think injuries is hampered him, but he's also going to miss. Looks like he's going to miss the derby. He's been hovering on that yellow card for what three, four months, and it, it's worrying because if he puts in one rash move against Sassuolo, he's out of the derby. But would you drop him? You can't really drop him in his form, can you? No, you can't. But that was the question I was going to ask you. Do you risk not to play him? That's that's the yeah. That's the problem that Mourinho faces every day because I don't think, um, and I was going to mention this too. I don't think he has a reliable uh, backup, backup because uh, if you yeah. notice yesterday when he got injured, he was going to bring on Lorente. He wasn't even going to bring yes. on uh, Kambula. So he's lost all trust in Kambula, in my opinion. Same as he's lost trust trust in Selic, which I find kind of strange. But yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be ride or die with those three, Scott. Yellow cards, not yellow cards, and any time one of them miss, which is gonna happen on Thursday. I don't know if you noticed, but Ibanez won't be playing. Ibanez um, is suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's suspended. It's extremely worrying, but that's that's gonna be their key. If they want to make Champions League, you're right. They're right in the thick of the race. It's gonna be. It's all gonna be about the defense and how far they can go for, forward without them conceding. Really. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, do you want to talk briefly about the game on 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 Thursday? So Roma play Real Sociedad in in the Europa League. Um, Sociedad, Real Sociedad. Don't call them Sociedad. That's just bad Scott English. Uh, they're currently fourth in La Liga, um, forty four points in twenty four games, one point behind Atletico Madrid. They're in third. Um, Real Betis, who play Manchester United in the Europa League, are on fifth, and then Villarreal ends. One of my favourite teams in Spain, Rayo Vallecano, are in seventh. I just love them because of the stadium. But Barcelona are, are streets ahead in La Liga. They're nine points clear. Yeah, nine points clear. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I, was, 
Yes. Sorry. Go on. Go on, Joey. I was say, Scott, Real Sociedad is actually one of my favorites. Uh, I've been to the city, and it's one of the, the best oh. cities I've ever been to. Yeah, and San Sebastian, it's that's why mm. Real Sociedad is it's a phenomenal city. So anybody who listens to this, if you ever have a chance to go there, it's really a great city. One of my favorites in the world. I really want to go to the Basque country. It looks really, really nice. I imagine the food in in that part of Spain is amazing. Exquisite. We'll talk off air. <laughs> um, but yeah, they play with they play at the Reale Arena, which looks amazing after they did the redevelopment work and got rid of the running track around the pitch. It used to be called the Anahueta. It looks amazing. But Real Sociedad are fourth. Uh, they haven't had the best of times on La Liga in the last couple of weeks. They um, drew one all against Celta Vigo, lost to Valencia, who are in free for all and are in absolute dire needs at the bottom of the table. I think there is this real doubt that Valencia could get relegated this season there. Second bottom with 23 points from 24 games and they've only won one out of the last five. I think it's probably even worse. But And then Welcome on back, Friday... Welcome Yeah, oh, we could be playing Segunda football next season. But um, they drew nil-nil with Cadiz on Friday night. Um, I think David Silva was missing. I think he may have been... Was he suspended? No, he was on the bench. Um, He's been injured, uh, but yeah. he was supposed to return to the Roma tie. Yeah, they've got some really, really, really talented and really good players in that team. Um, Bryce Mendez, Mikel Mourinho, um, Robin, Lerman, Robin Le Nomad. Uh, is it Diego Rico at left-back? It is... Um, Alexander Sorloff, oh, it, the, the list goes on and on. Um, Mikhail, I'm going to absolutely butcher this, Mikhail Oyatzabal, who's just coming back from a cruciate knee injury. And if, if he does get a penalty, he has this Jorginho-esque style of taking a penalty. But I'm really looking forward to this game on, on Thursday. Real Sociedad are... I've been really good to watch in La Liga in the last couple of years. They always do well against the big teams and stuff like that. They do give them problems. Um, they did lose Alex Isaac, who is now in the Premier League in in the summer, and that really hasn't stunted them because they bought a former Roma player uh, in Sadi Kumar, but he then picked up an injury and now he's just coming back. But for Real Sociedad, it hasn't been great. And they also, in between the two Roma games, they do have a game against Real Mallorca. I think they all are, also is struggling at the moment, Real Mallorca. Uh, no, 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 10th. My apologies. Um, but yeah, um, I was thinking of Sevilla, who were 17th. Huh, Monchi in a relegation battle. <laughs> It brings a smile onto my face. Uh, I've rambled on a bit, but are you looking forward to the game on Thursday? Should be an interesting tie. Roma have uh, the first leg. I think this is the first time in years, and I was trying to think about this for for a long, long time. When was the when do you reckon would I could I might have a look into this later? But I don't think Roma have played the first leg of a knockout tie at home for a long, long time. Yeah, it's definitely been before the uh, whole Barcelona comeback because from Ooh, that, that point on, yeah, yeah, 
No, the Barcelona comeback yeah, was at home. Yeah, yeah, home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it had to have been. It had to have been before it because mm. from I'm I'm remembering uh, from that point on, even in the Europa League ties and obviously the Conference League, Roma always played the second game away. The second game I at know, home. I know it now. I know it. Uh, Porto, Champions League, twenty eighteen oh, yes. nineteen. I think it was that. I think yes. it may have been that. So what's yeah, that? That's four right. years? Four years? So yeah. It's Sorry, I didn't mean to time. interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt uh, uh mess up your flow. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say for for the tie itself, uh, like I've always been saying, I think uh Sociedad are similar to Roma. They don't score as much as some of the bigger teams, but they do very well uh defensively. This is gonna be on Mourinho to see um what he can do to get these guys going in the first leg. Because if you notice, they uh, they tend to just try to manage that first leg and not get it out of hand. And then second leg, they, they come in knowing what they need and they go grab it. That's what they've been doing from Mourinho's time and a little bit before. So it's going to be interesting to see how Mourinho uh, is going to, you know, um, motivate this group and what he's going to do tactically and how he's going to get inside their head. Because, uh, Scott, if you notice the, the the goal when Mancini scored, like Mourinho did not give a reaction. I, yes. I think this guy is going to be completely serious for the rest of the year, and he has been. I mean, he always is. It just he just looks so serious yesterday, and I just think, wow. So I, I I'm thinking the game's coming up. Like this guy is is going to do everything he can to get through, and it's going to be an interesting tie Thursday. He needs to get the team going from the. He needs to put. He needs to step up right away, you know, um, pedal to the metal. Um, just he has to go guns blazing at the beginning. He They have to take advantage. Sociedad haven't been in the greatest form, Scott, um, since since their tie with – since their, their loss to the Copa del Rey to Barcelona in January. I was looking at this earlier. They only have one win in their past. I think it's about six or seven games. Uh, they tied Madrid. They lost to – Valladolid, they only beat Espanol, but they had a red card. They tied yeah, Celta Vigo. Yeah. yeah, they tied Celta Vigo, and then they lost to Valencia, and then they tied Cadiz, and those aren't the greatest teams. So their run of form hasn't been great lately, but they're getting Silva back, and Roma's had has had a much better run of form, barring the Cremonese loss than Sociedad has in the, the past month or so. So that's why I said Roma has got to come out firing and they got to get some goals early. I'm not going to say put the tie to bed. That's not Roma's DNA. But if they can manage a 1-2-0 to two zero win, I hope, obviously, hoping for a 2-0 win rather than a 1 or even a 2-goal difference, uh, I, I think they can... You know how they are defensively, Scott. They have that DNA where they'll try not to concede at all going to Spain. So... Mm. I think coming out with an advantage would be a huge plus for them. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the Real Sociedad on transfer marks and just looking at like the tactical setup um, that their coach is, is doing. And it looks like he likes to play with two up front and it's either like Sordoff, Kubo, who I, I like Kubo, is a very, very technical player. Um, and is it Alvaro Fernandez? They've got um, sorry, my page has taken a long time to load. Um, but yeah, he looks 
Carlos Fernandez, sorry, not Alvaro. I was thinking of another player. They've got Mikel Oriets Alba, who sort of likes to play a very, very elegant left foot player. They like to play like with sort of a diamond formation. I think when they get David Silva back in the team, they've got some very technical, gifted players. Bryce Mendes, Mikel Mourinho, who was at Newcastle, and I think the clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona are interested. So, oh, they just. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. Is is and you're completely right. Um, uh, uh, sides are, are very good to watch, but it, the emphasis in this tie, especially on the first leg, is on Jose because he probably wants to go to Spain with a result and not to concede and maybe a one nil or a two nil, so he can invite pressure onto them and then hit on the counter-attack and get that goal away in Spain and hopefully win the tie. But it's, in, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's the earlier kickoff on Thursday. It's going to be uh, a good game to watch. And also, Joey, it's sold out. <laughs> no, uh, no surprise there. And yes, I was going to say, and yes, you're right, Scott. I think he wants to get the result because I'll be honest, I'm not conf- I'm not overly confident in getting a win in Spain. I'm confident in getting a draw maybe, but I'm not mm. confident in a win. I'm sorry to say if I sound pessimistic, but it just, I just have my feeling that's why he's got to do everything to um, to get the, the result in Rome. And yes, having the, the, the sold-out stadium again is is really going to be a massive help for the team. Yep, completely agree. Before we wrap up, we will go to questions and thoughts. We've got one question and one, uh, I will say thought, but a reaction of yesterday's game, yesterday's 1-0 win. We did sort of, excuse me, um, point this out earlier. um, At Space Jesus, or Jesus, um, with an underscore at the end. uh, Why is Zaleski underperforming? Quotation marks compared to last season. He seems just a touch behind where he was last season. Um, would you agree with me? It's the positioning. Yeah, I would say it's him being more so on the the right side than anything else. Plus, he's played a lot of football, like you mentioned, Scott. Mm. I don't think he's underperformed the whole season. I think he did great at the start, especially when Spinazzola was underperforming. We praised him a few times on the pod, even when we did the year in review. Uh, the first half of the the season, he was doing pretty well, but I, I would definitely think it comes down to positioning. You know, you're running with different players on certain side, and it's just a whole other side uh, to it. So I just don't think he looks comfortable there. I think he needs a break. So yeah, I, I'm gonna say it's really positioning and playing a lot of football. Mm. I completely agree with that. I uh, I concur. Um, Appetiz, uh, perfect game for Mancini. Love Pellegrini to give more support to the team and less selfish. Cristante and Spinazzola yellow card is very important for the team. Perfect, but I know since the halftime, Juventus trying to attack from Zaleski's side and Mourinho noticed it, uh, especially with the latter point. I think he did because Kostic was very dangerous and he got at Zaleski quite a lot and caused a little bit of chaos. Karzok came on and did well and had a couple of opportunities going forward. But overall, I think, yeah, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Uh, Mourinho did notice it. Uh, I think he did well, you know, most of the game managing it. I, my only thing is I, I was just a little shocked why he didn't 
uh, do it earlier. He didn't sub him earlier. I thought halftime would have been the perfect time. So, uh, do you notice, Scott, he was about to bring in Karsdorp just before they uh, scored that goal? Yeah, I mean, and Tammy, yeah. Yeah, and Tammy. But w- my, my only question is, what does that really change? Why, after scoring a goal, the guy who's been struggling to defend Kostic, you have a 1-0 lead now, why would it change of keeping him on? That was my only my only doubt of the match, I would think like my only, uh, you know, something that was puzzling for me, like, why wouldn't you make the change regardless? Wouldn't you want to get somebody who can maybe uh, contain Kostic a little better, especially that you have a one zero lead. So that was a bit peculiar, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I would just say, I'm glad he did notice it. And it, it, it's a, it's a good thought on Mourinho. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think if, if it would, it wouldn't surprise me that, he gave it a couple of minutes to see what had happened, but I think he probably made it at the right time with the two substitutions. I think Genie Wijnaldum pretty much ran himself into the ground when he was playing in an unfamiliar role as well, and Zaleski just didn't have the best of evenings. But that happens in football. I don't think he's just he's just going through a tough time. But yeah, um, thank you to both for listeners' questions and thoughts. That was the only two we got. Um, before we finish, Jerry, do you have anything else to add? I uh, just want to mention on uh, Genie. I'm glad you brought him up. We didn't bring him up for mm. the game. Uh, he was a little out of the rhythm, but playing in a in a completely different spot. I don't think. Yeah, I think it was a huge, a huge part of. I think why he struggled. But I, I'm glad to see him getting the run of games, and I really want to see him in the middle with Matic and or Cristante. Well, Cristante is going to be out against Asuolo, so it's going to be yes, yeah, it's going yeah. to be interesting to see how the team again manages rotation. Uh, I know you want to start. You probably probably everyone wants Matic to start against Sociedad, but then what do you do against Asuolo? You don't have Cristante, but you want Matic mm. to start the derby. The guy can't start three games in a row, so it's going to be interesting to see how he manages between Matic, Cristante, Wijnaldum the rest of the season. But uh, I, I think. Uh, Again, Wijnaldum has these qualities we don't have in other midfielders. So uh, it, it it was it, I I didn't like seeing him in the position he was. I think he was out of rhythm. But uh, going forward, I, I really think he's he's going to be key for us uh, to make Champions League. Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder if you will see maybe one of Bove and the return of Maddie Cameron in the next couple of games just to freshen it up a little bit because why there's what. One, two, three, four games in the space of fourteen days, thirteen days. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's crazy, Scott, how you miss one player and it completely, it completely messes up with your plans on what you want to do. Because not having Cristante, you got to trust Bove, or you got to play Camera. And what do you do a match for a few games? So it's that's what we're saying with Roma, and they're always their depth is a problem, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. Yeah, it, it will be, and it's going to be interesting for Roma uh, on, at the Stadio Olimpico. My final point, point is that pitch is going to be taking an absolute hammering from now until the, the end of the... Uh, before the international break, sorry, um, which is just two weeks away. Um, so Roma played last night. And then both Roma and Lazio have games in Europe. Lazio play tomorrow against AZ Altmar. Roma play Real Sociedad. Um, and then Roma play Sassuolo. And then you've got the derby. 
And then in between that, you've got Six Nations. And before that, Roma, uh, they had a home game against Hellas Verona. And also there was the Salzburg game. And then there was the Six Nations. Lazio played Sampdoria. That pitch is going to be a mess before the derby, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You've seen uh, already people are slipping on it. I just think it's going to be an absolute mess. They haven't, they've done better, I think, with the pitch. There's been less complaints, especially from Sari. Mm. Uh, sorry, out of all people, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of football and rugby. So I, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. It's oh, Scott. I wish you could just reschedule the not reschedule the rugby, but move it to another location. I mean, I don't know how people don't think of think of it. There's there's so much happening on that pitch. I wish they would just move it elsewhere. But anyways, yeah, it's it's gonna look like a mess at the end of the month. I look forward to the fake green grass they used to use, and was it the spray-on grass they used to use on on the pitches sometimes? Which oh, that was not a good look. But yeah, that was my final point because yeah, I think there's two rounds, maybe one or two rounds left of the Six Nations, or they may have. I think it's one round, and Italy are at home. But yeah, that was my final point. Um, Joe, I think that probably wraps wraps, wraps up the end of the podcast. I think we we've, we've gone close to over 40 minutes talking a good win a much needed win and then to talk about Thursday as well but you guys can follow us at lamagicast.com you can find all our previous podcasts on the website and you can find our podcasts on all the the podcast platforms so your Apple, SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn etc and etc and if, if you do listen to us on Spotify or somewhere else that gives a review, give us a five star rating. Give give you guys a bit of a nudge and uh, get us up the. Uh, give us a, a bit more algorithm on the on the playlist and all that. Um, I think we're at four point three out of five, which is not too bad. But one hundred eighty five episodes in, help your boys out. <laughs> I hate I hate whoring myself out. I hate it, but no. Uh, <laughs> Joey, once again, Monday uh, last. Last week podcast, we were all doom and gloom. This week podcast, we're all happy. It's a busy time ahead. Thank you once again for joining me. Thank you, uh, Scott. Uh, pleasure as always. It's and it's always a, a little nicer to talk about it when Roma, you know, have a huge victory. So makes it a little easier. Yeah, thank God we didn't record yesterday. I think it would just been both of us on a high. I lost my voice in London on 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 Saturday, so it would have been a croak mess. But I'm glad we we did this today and did a good reflection because I think I needed about two hours to have a, a like like when you have a sugar rush. I needed two hours to have a come down and enjoy the win yesterday. But yeah, uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, we'll probably be back Friday. I do have a guest joining us for for Friday. Um, another female guest sadly she won't be at the game on friday she does have frequent visits to the olympica as she lives in rome um she messaged me earlier saying that she was gutted that she had to work and miss the game on um on on thursday but tune in on friday we'll or maybe later in the week on saturday when the podcast comes out but enjoy the rest of the week enjoy your football there's a lot of football this week champions league europa league conference league there's some Serie A tonight torino bologna kicks off in 25 minutes and then I think he's back again on, on Friday, Serie A with Spezia Inter. Um, Roma Sassuolo is on at 5 UK time, 6pm local time. 
Forza Roma. Ciao. Ciao.